coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Touches the first endorphin-releasing language we learn as babies. Touches our first sensation. All over the world, children play tag without ever having to be taught how to do that. And the earliest forms of medicine drew on this human need, really, to touch each other and to be touched. And we often lay hands on people when we pray. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. Dr. Linda, it seems like just seven days ago we did this program. It's like we do it every weekend. Because <laughs> we do. <laughs> That's a good point. That sort of is the schedule, isn't it? That's right. It's called the weekend show. That's right. Well, this is going to be an interesting show because it's a topic that we've never talked about. During the pandemic, we were all social distancing and you couldn't touch each other with hugs, handshakes and, and, and such. And we were told not to touch your face. It turns out this is very isolating. So, Chris, did you know that touch is the first of the senses that is developed in babies? but it remains perhaps the most emotionally central sense throughout our entire lives. So children need much more than being clothed or bathed or cared for. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking mm. about caring for each other physically during the pandemic, but they also need to be touched, right. and so do adults. It touches a universal language, and every culture has its own way of speaking it. For instance, did you know, in North Africa and in the Middle East, men join their hands together in greeting, then kiss their own hands or hold them to the heart. I've seen this done before. Have you? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Here's one I didn't know at all, I found. Now, I didn't even know how to call someone from the Congo, but mm -hmm. it's the Congolese. Ah, you're Congolese. So I learned something. Okay. Did you know that? I no, didn't know that. No. Mm -hmm. But this is really interesting. So the Congolese touch each other on the temples and kiss foreheads. Isn't that interesting? Mm. And then here's a country, an island country I'd never heard of in Tuvalu. Is that how you say it? Tuvalu. Tuvalu. Okay, I just got corrected by our producer, Tuvalu, <laughs> which is an island country in the West Central Pacific Ocean. They sniff each other's cheeks. Isn't that wild? I've been to lots of places, and I've not seen that one. No. Well, don't try it because you're not from that <laughs> island. So if you start doing that, people are going to think you're yeah, a little strange. Exactly. And Chris, Andaman Islanders, do you know where that is? Do not. Okay, it's in the Bay of Bengal. Ah, okay. Honestly, I didn't know where that was either. But here's what they do. They sit in each other's lap, and then in farewell, they lift the other person's hand to their mouth and blow. Wow. Don't try that in public, Chris. No, I, I, I think I'll leave that one off, too. Yeah. But let's talk about Britain, because in contrast to all those other places, historically, they have been a low-contact culture. Mm, that's they don't true. touch. Right. That's true. You, you, you can shake their hand, but that's maybe about that's it. That's about it. Right. Yeah, that's about it. Now, I read that one explanation for the rise of ballroom dancing in the U.S. was that it gave shy strangers formal permission to hold each other. Well, who knew that? Mm. Actually, there was a study by an anthropologist who noticed back in the 1930s, you could touch a woman's elbow to signal you wanted to dance and then have this enjoyable way to make appropriate contact. That mm. was ballroom dancing. Wow. And then in 1966, there was a psychologist named Sidney Girard 
who researched sitting in coffee shops around the world. Now, that's the kind of research I want to do. Mm, no I kidding. Want to go yeah. sit in co- I want to go sit in coffee shops around the world. That would be really interesting. <laughs> Here's what he found. He found that in Puerto Rico, the capital San Juan, couples touched each other by hand-holding, backstroking, hair caressing, or knee padding, an average, Chris, of 180 times per hour. Oh, wow. Hmm. And in Paris, it was 110 times an hour. And in Gainesville, Florida, it was twice. Twice. Oh, wait. In London, never. (laughs) So culture influences how often we touch each other. And isn't skin the most sensitive organ we have? It is. And it covers 20% of our bodies. It's full of nerve endings and blood vessels that allow us to feel hot, cold, pain, and all kinds of sensations. And is it true that a little touch goes a long way? It's true, but short bursts like 15 minutes in an evening of cuddling and hugging shows improvement in a lot of areas of a person's life. So appropriate touch stimulates our bodies to react in very specific ways. It can lower blood pressure. It can help your memory. It can improve emotions. It can decrease the level of stress hormones such as cortisol and it can trigger the release of the same type of opiates that are involved in painkilling drugs. Hmm. And people with dementia, I love this, Chris, people with dementia who are hugged and stroked are less prone to irritability and depression. Wow. And thinking about the pandemic, would touch have helped our immune system? Actually, it does, and it seems to boost it. So think about how we could not touch each other for so long, and we were fighting a virus, Mm, and yet it wasn't helping our immune system not to touch each other. The body talks to the brain, the brain to the body. The notion that someone's immune status could be modified by activity in touch, that's just really amazing to Mm. me. And maybe the pandemic taught us that touch is the sense we often take most for granted, but we do miss it when it's gone. I think that was one of the lessons. I think people were really aware that touch was really important. Psychologists have a term for that feeling of deprivation and abandonment that we seem to experience during the pandemic. And when we don't touch each other, it's called, are you ready? Skin mm-hmm. hunger. Skin, Skin hunger. hunger. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Touch is the first endorphin-releasing language we learn as babies. Touch is our first sensation. All over the world, children play tag without ever having to be taught how to do that. And the earliest forms of medicine drew on this human need really to touch each other and to be touched. And we often lay hands on people when we pray. So we really missed being able to do appropriate touch during the pandemic. And you found a study that says we can even read people's emotions by how they touch us. That's interesting. It really is. And even if you have no conscious memory of a touch... Like if somebody put their hand on your shoulder, guess what? You're more likely to agree to that request that they would make, respond more positively to that person, and actually even form a closer bond. So touch has power when it comes to feeling close to a person. You know, we live in our bodies, and yet for the past few years, we have been more linked to technology that uses touch screens. But that's not the same, right? It is not. A a touch screen is near touchless touch. (laughs) And it can really desensitize us actually to touch. There is no responsiveness to this type of touch. It leaves you skin hungry. Have you seen those commercials for that computer program that allows you to hug yourself and then share it? And what about those weighted blankets? Well, it's interesting because the robotic industry is trying to replicate the feeling of human touch with Bluetooth-enabled hug shirts 
and silicone lips that allow you to hold and kiss someone remotely. Have you seen that? No, but let's let's move on. No, no, listen, (laughs) it's not the same and it's never going to be. No matter how good that technology gets, because we really know that nothing substitutes for human touch. Right. So sending hugs your way online just doesn't do the same as giving someone an actual hug in person. It doesn't, because we're hardwired for physical touch. We were meant to hold people close, to feel the bones in their back and the rise and fall of their chest. And that reminds us that we're human, that we're making contact with another person. Mm. Well, Dr. Linda, hold that thought. Not about the silicone lips, but everything (laughs) else. As we do have to go to a break, more on the power of touch on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. The news these days is full of so many sad, depressing, or downright frightening things that cause us to go through our days with frowns on our faces and a cloud over our hearts. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I've got a suggestion for you to help ward off the heaviness that you might be feeling. The Bible is clear. Laughter does good like a medicine. One clear antidote for heaviness is to increase the laughter in your life. While my friend was battling cancer, she made it a regular habit to watch all the wonderful old comedy movies she could find. Laughing with her husband allowed them both to enjoy a rush of endorphins and precious moments together. Now, I'm not telling you that laughter alone will solve everything, but it will clear out the gloom. Reading God's Word and living in His promise is our best armor. But having a good laugh every day will help keep your focus off those things you can't control. It'll cut down on your wrinkles and increase your trust in the God who rules your world and the world around you. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. And you can also listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to My Faith Radio. And if you've just joined us, we're talking about the power of touch, especially in relationships. And Dr. Linda, how important is touch in a relationship? It's important every day. The touching can be as simple as a hug, hello, or a gentle rub on the back. But to stay connected to someone romantically and emotionally, a couple needs to stay connected physically by literally touching and connecting Affectionate touch promotes bonding and attachment. Now, saying hello with a, a rub on the back or a hug, that has to be done appropriately, and that's that's sort of what you want, you want to get into next. Right. So I want to say that, you know, we're not talking about inappropriate touch, and I know there are a lot of people listening to this who have experienced that mm. because inappropriate touch is violating. It can create violence towards another person. It can create serious mental health problems. And I see a lot of people who have been violated in the area of touch. But we're not talking about that on this program. We're talking about the importance of touch in an intimate relationship, in touch in your family, where you're showing each other affection and kindness. And the human is wired. The human person is wired to want that type of touch in their life. Unfortunately, Chris, like what we were just saying, Mm -hmm. is that there are so many people that have had inappropriate touch in their life. And so this type of thing scares them because they don't see it in an appropriate way. But when it's done right, touch has a lot of power. Well, have you noticed how we say, hey, stay in touch? I just realized that that phrase may mean even more than just, you know, texting here and there. And again, that's because the brain is designed to touch. When we're touched by a romantic partner, we have a surge in the hormone oxytocin, which is the love hormone, or it's also called the bonding hormone. 
It's in the brain, which helps to sustain feelings of deep attachment. And when babies aren't touched, it really creates a lot of problems. They really have trouble in adult relationships. So romantic partners walking arm in arm, holding hands, you know, putting their foot gently on top of the other person under the table, or cuddling when they sleep, those are really important gestures that make a relationship strong. And you know, a lot of couples may feel stressed, but you mentioned touching can help with stress. Say more about that. Well, when we're touched or are touched appropriately by someone we're close to, we produce more of the mood-bursting neurotransmitter that people may have heard of called serotonin. And all that is is that there's less of the stress hormone cortisol in your body as well because that's the thing that makes you feel really stressed out and it activates and you get really, you know, like almost like panic. But when you're touched, your heart rate goes down, your blood pressure goes down, and these brain waves change in the direction of what we would consider relaxation. So studies show that when we've been massaged or hugged or lovingly touched before a stressful event, such as maybe getting up and doing a work presentation, we're better able to manage the stress. Our bodies remain in that more mellow state. You've mentioned that in your book, Living Beyond Pain, and you say that touch can actually make pain better. Touch is actually a natural analgesic. So think about it. When a woman goes into labor, the spouse usually grabs her hand or touches her. Now, I'll say most of the time that helps. There are some people who don't want to be touched at all when they're in labor. But a lot of times it's very reassuring. And in fact, there is a study that shows when people enjoyed an increase in physical touch over a number of days, they experienced a decrease in a lot of their physical symptoms. So they had less back aches and muscle aches, headaches, insomnia. Their stomach was better. They didn't break out in skin rashes, and they were just less sick. Mm, and there is even more good news when it comes to positive touch in a relationship. Yeah, there is. So making regular touch a part of your relationship, you're also going to have higher relationship satisfaction. And so this is something very easy to do, and it gets a lot of results. So pay attention in your relationship and think about, you know, how busy you might have become. And maybe you're not, you know, doing a hug or, you know, putting your hand on your partner or showing them this type of affection. Maybe you've lost that just because of the busyness and the stress of life. We make jokes about, you can tell sometimes when a couple has been married for a long time because they... They walk through the mall and they you know, there's space between them and they ride in the car. You can tell they're just sort of on each side of their car. Yeah. We, we tend to ignore touch when we've been with someone for a long time. Any suggestions on, on how to bring that back into a relationship? Yeah, there are several simple things you can do. One is what you just mentioned. You could hold your partner's hand when walking through the mall, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially if your partner's under stress or, you know, you can just stroke their forearm and that just seems to do a lot for people. And it helps your physical system as well. It even improves heart functioning by just touching someone like that. So hold your partner's hand. Or, you know, you see moms and, and their children and dads and their children holding their hand. There's something very special about that. I think a second one, Chris, is just hugging. And that was one of the things we really missed during the pandemic. I would see my adult kids and I couldn't hug them during the pandemic. Um, and that was really hard. And research says that hugging brings back positive feelings and even when you're engaged in conflict. So and I'm not suggesting you're having a conflict and you stop and you hug each other, although <laughs> it's not a type of therapy I've ever tried. But even in the middle of a conflict, you know how sometimes people will stop mm -hmm. and they will say something like, I love you, and they'll stop and they'll hug the person? That will help the conflict and it makes you feel more connected to the person. If you were to stop in the middle of a, a fight and, and hug the person... 
that would be, I would think, awfully deliberate. And there's something about deliberately touching someone. Yeah, because we don't notice it sometimes, even though the physiological effect is really the same, whether you notice it or not. You really want to bring that into the forefront of a relationship. And again, I'm not just talking about intimate relationships, but family members. I think a lot of kids would benefit from being hugged. We know we can't do it in schools anymore. Mm. And I and I understand why. You know, there's concern about appropriate touch. But I remember when I was a kid in elementary school, my teacher would put her hand on me or, you know, pat me on the back or something. That was actually really nice. I know we have to be careful now because there is so much inappropriate touch. But let's go back to that idea about the conflict, because I want to say something a little bit more about that, Chris. Even when when you're in this low level, now it has to be a low level conflict. So not the middle of a really bad, high conflict mm-hmm. with somebody. But even if you just sit there and you face each other and then you add some kind of physical gesture with that, you just touch them on the arm or hold their hand, that really diffuses the situation and it really helps conflict. So I don't know if that's one I put in my We Need to Talk book on conflict, but that would have been a good one. Yeah, I thought that was missing in that book. You know, you, you noticed now, that. Now you I'm sure it, you right? did. The multiple times that you've read that <laughs> yes, book, right? Right, yes. <laughs> Well, listen, here's one more. And I think we all notice this, you know, that it's really important. Touch can be very important when someone's in a crisis. Mm. We know when somebody has lost somebody and we've had a lot of people who are grieving these past years because of the number of deaths we've had from COVID. But we know when something bad happens, when you put your arm around somebody Mm. and you, you know, put your hand maybe on their knee, all of that really does something to really calm a person down, just sitting in silence and an appropriate touch can make a difference and bring real comfort to a person. I remember some time ago, uh, some friends of ours had a miscarriage. And the next time I saw the couple, uh, you know, walked up and, you know, shook Andy's hand and said, hey, man, how have you been? And then his wife was there. And I just kind of went over to her and just put my arm around her just briefly. And, mm-hmm. and she absolutely fell apart. I didn't mean for that to happen, but it speaks to how powerful what what that touch meant. Yeah, it's a great example. And you know, what we've been talking about, those are easy. But like we said, we have to be more deliberate, especially since there is so much benefit to touch. So if you're out of touch with touch, right? Mm-hmm, right. And you can think back to what you did when you were first attracted to your partner and just do more of that, like holding hands and putting your arm around them when you're watching television. Some easy stuff. Do you remember the uh, ad campaign for AT&T back in the 80s where they said, reach out and touch someone? That was a long time ago. It wasn't just a schmaltzy ad campaign. It really had some meaning to it. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I remember that. I could even sing the song. Remember? Reach out and touch. Wasn't that the song for that? <laughs> or was that somebody, somebody's hand? Make this world a better place. Remember? If you can. I don't think that's schmaltzy at all. <laughs> it's, uh, it's vital for many of your closest relationships, both romantic and platonic. Touch just makes you feel accepted and cared for. So here's a great quote in terms of the importance of touch in a lasting relationship. This came from a couple of marital therapists who said, to touch someone you love is to acknowledge their presence and to communicate your desire for them. It's Mm. that simple. Right. It's that easy. We need to take a quick break, but let's talk about the power of touch in the Bible. Did Jesus think touch was important? More to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mental offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. 
Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and remember that our podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Just go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. And today on the program, we're talking about the power of touch. And now, Dr. Linda, I'd like to shift gears in the conversation and go to the Bible and uh, talk about how much touch is used in a powerful way there as well. Well, there's no surprise here because God is the one who designed us, right, to be touched, not only by others, but also by him. You know, I read that there are 56 verses, Chris, about touch Mm. in the Bible. I actually haven't verified that or counted them. So I'm just, this was just something I saw on the internet. And I know that's dangerous sometimes. But the point is, the point of that is, it is mentioned often. And listen to this well-known passage from Mark 8. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Now, a lot of us are familiar with that story, but isn't it interesting that touch was a part of how Jesus healed? Mm -hmm. It's the touch of Jesus that these friends sought for their blind companion. And Jesus leads him by touch. He ministers to him by touch. And then he completes the healing Mm -hmm. Again, by touch. That's right. And when you are blind like this man, touch would matter even more. Uh, real hands are involved, and of course, so was real spit. Yeah, that's the part. That's, <laughs> ne- that's the part I never understood as a kid. I was like, "What's that about?" Yeah. But and that'll be a good question to ask Jesus when we get to heaven. But he used touch throughout his time in ministry on earth. In Mark two, Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man with leprosy. You know, that was a disease that forbid any type of touch. He took the leper's hand to show him he wasn't alone. His touch conveyed dignity and value to a man people discarded and determined was unclean. Mm -hmm. I think that's powerful. Jesus clearly knew how to communicate through the power of touch. You know, touch is mentioned again in Mark 5 with the woman who was plagued with a blood disease for 12 years. And again, in those days, if you had a disease, you were cast out of the city. You were away from society. You were absent of the touch of any other person. She needed that touch desperately. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up from behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And then immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from that suffering You know, Chris, many of Jesus's miracles started with physical touch. That's right. Being fully man and fully God, he knew the power of touch. He used touch to connect with us, and it changed the world. There's so many instances of Jesus physically touching someone. I mean, Matthew 17, 7 says, But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. Jeremiah 1, 9 says, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold... I have put my words in your mouth. 
the language of touch is throughout the Bible. You and I are old enough to remember the hymn, He Touched Me. Mm, you know of that course. one? That's a good Gaither tune there. Yeah, It is. We could even sing it. We sang in the choir. We could do it. <laughs> but He Touched Me. Oh, how He Touched Me. And oh, the joy that fills my soul. Something happened, and now I know. He touched me and made me whole. You know, we've sung it. Touch is healing, especially when it is at the hand of our Savior. And let's be honest, there are times when we need a touch from God in our lives. Just like we need physical touch, we need God's touch as well. And when our hearts are touched by God, the core of our being is touched. We have been known. We have been seen. We have been pierced. It's a real connection. And his touch is transforming. What do you think it means to say that your heart has been touched by God? Well, I think it means that God is now at the center of your will and your being. It means you have surrendered your life in totality to him, and he touches you by his Holy Spirit living inside of you. In Daniel 10.10, Daniel says, Behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. That may have been a little more of a bump than a touch. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that well, and to your point, the word for touch there in that scripture means to violently seize upon. Mm, right. Daniel was saying, "Hey, when God placed his hand on me, it put me on my face." Right. His touch gave him an urgency to seek him with all that was in him. That touch changed Daniel in such a way it was significant, and the same is true today. That's right. When God touches your heart, you know, bitterness, anxiety, and fear has to go. They can't stay in a heart that has been touched by God. Habits and vices that were ruining your life begin to fall off. Things you used to cherish, you now despise. Things you despised, you now cherish. He fills your heart with love and peace. I mean, Chris, who doesn't want this? Right, exactly. And it's not an accident that Jesus surrounded himself with a group of men whose hearts he had touched. Men who went out and turned a world completely upside down. So when God touches your heart, you know, you receive a whole new perspective you stop living just for today and you begin living for eternity, things of eternal significance then become important. And, and one way God touches is through his word. That's right. He wipes out our tears with words of comfort and hope. He pulls us near us. He embraces us. He tells us to come and sit with him like little children, to touch the hem of his garment, to trace his wounds. He places his own clothes over us and he tells us that we're righteous. In Hebrews 4, Jesus was touched by our troubles. Because he had such great compassion, Chris. And do you remember how the Old Test in the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah was so dejected and weary that he fell asleep under a juniper tree and then a hand touched him, awakened him, fed him and strengthened him to travel for another 40 days? I mean, we could go on and on with many more examples. But our point is that touch is powerful, whether it's physical or it's in the spiritual realm or even both. God made us with the sense of touch. He uses it to minister to many, to improve our relationships, and wants to touch you today. So will you open your heart to both touch in the physical sense, in a safe and intimate relationship, and then touch in a spiritual sense with the Lord? And let's see how you and your relationships are transformed. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation, and our technical director, Dylan Valencia. Hey, from all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Could we do one another?
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.